Amsterdam and I'm filling up nice, that's Van der Sar and Ten Hag Aye, I might just shot this beef for 10 bags Real talk on my life, I couldn't give a fuck about them man And all my guys are ballers, coming like we're playing for sim rap Fake use, get rid of them yeah. <laughs> Well you lost your words yeah, I can speak. <laughs> nah, I got it, I got it. Um, welcome back all, welcome back. Uh, you're joined again by myself, Tony. This is Ballers Corner. Um, today, well, first of all, let's say Happy New Year. Uh, it's the first one of 2023, our first recording of 2023. We're recording this on Tuesday the 3rd of January. Uh, so, you know, we're feeling that new fever. And with the new new year, football fans, is obviously the January transfer window. And we've made a signing of our own, actually. Um, you have actually might have heard him in previous episodes. He gave us quite some in-depth um, knowledge about Liga Portuguesa as well as La Liga. Uh, Ballers Corner want actually to welcome our newest addition, and it's Omar. Omar, step forward, my G. Get that <laughs> shirt out. Get the contract out. Welcome now. You're officially part, officially a member of Ballers Corner for the new season moving forward. Um Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. I know they're familiar with you already, but just a quick syn- was it synopsis of what to expect with you now joining Ballers Corner. Of course. No, first of all, I appreciate the um, invite. I like you see the, the proactivity of uh, uh, an institution like Ballers Corner. You know, mm. first ever transfer window. <laughs> they don't mess about. They get the signings done. I was, I was impressed, you know, with the ambition of the club. And I said, <laughs> you know what? I, I, yep, I yep. appreciate it. My trial, my trial, uh, I passed my trial, so <laughs> oh, like, let me do, put pen to paper. <laughs> you have to do Ronaldo what he did in his press conference today. Mm. I had many offers from Europe, <laughs> from Australia, from, from Brazil. Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> is, is what, Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's is, that what he, is that what he said? Yeah, yeah. but do you know what is? I feel like... Um, you know, when he, when he says I had offers, I think, you know, just that them brief conversations, that like sport him, I'm just like, are you interested? Yeah, maybe. All right. And then he's just like, yeah, nah, I had an offer. Do you know what I mean? Like, nah, I, I, see, don't know, I don't know how much truth there is in the actual word offer, but, you know. Nah, I reckon I reckon he did get offers. I reckon he got offers. I reckon, um, which is, which is, who's his agent again? George Mendes. George Mendes was obviously shopping around and... People were like, yeah, 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 we'll take him. And then Mendes came back and was like, all right, cool, 300k a week. And everyone's like, what? Come nope. on, G. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? And yeah, obviously yeah. The, ones that, the ones that came out public made it look bad because nobody stood up and said, yeah, we'll take Ronaldo. But people stood up and said, nah, we don't want him. So, I'm, come on. Yeah, he's 38, 37 years old, but you don't pass down on a name like Ronaldo, bro. I don't believe there was nobody in Europe yeah. that like, yeah, I don't want this guy. Because when you look at it as well, like, that club that he's gone to went from 800,000 followers to like 9 million in... In, in like two like days. 20- yeah, so yeah. the value in his name, in his shirt, I know we talk about shirt sales and stuff, like, th- there's so much financial upside that... But I think on the football side and maybe the financial side, for him personally, I think he might have been shortchanged in Europe. Yeah. So Exactly. Because yeah, in Brazil, like, and Australia, they weren't going to offer him anything near that's what, what I mean. that's what I mean and he's even like bro fam like even at his age I know Sporting must have been thinking yeah the fairy tale being complete I know the Sporting the director of football or owner must have been thinking yeah we could do something here but finances obviously finances clearly must have got in the way and it kind of it kind of it kind of changes the interview for me as well because yeah he wants to play in, in the UCL but really and truly I think he just didn't want to be at United because we're a joke of a club fan. Anyway, that being said, 
bit of a different intro for you there. I'll still do an intro properly. Um, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Obviously, you're, I'm joined by a new signing, Omar, and old figurehead and consistent performer, Karel. Um, today's episode is going to be a bit of a follow-up to something that we've done before. Just start off the new year, we thought to, uh, you know, show us a little bit of our fun side as well. And it's Agenda City Part 2. Uh, if you listen to the first Agenda City, we literally just got together and we came out of our grimiest uh most ridiculous you know how everyone has got got some bad takes but this is not bad taste this is things in football that pisses off agendas um people that we dislike and we took it with a little bit of a twist and just showed us a bit of our wacky side as well we want to continue that today i think it's a good opportunity as well for omar to show a bit more of his personality as well and see what plays that he does like and dislikes so um without further ado oh yeah uh one rule today lads Nobody can mention Rashford, please. <laughs> <laughs> what, Tony, I thought you liked him. <laughs> I'm not calling for that. I mean, if there was ever any chance of Rashford coming on this podcast, Tony has tanked that in the last three months. <laughs> Marcus, like... I'm going to make it clear for you right now. I'll have to say your first name is Marcus. I'll make it clear for you right now. You, as it look of Amber Saka, bro. I'm watching the United game. This is happening. This guy just did a foul throw. Can you believe this? Professional <laughs> 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 footballer, my guy. Anyway. Uh, Marcus, if you ever come in this show, if you ever even listen to this show, yeah, the problem isn't you as a person. I don't know you, and I, you're probably a nice guy, but black man to black man, footballing wise, I, I, sorry, mate, I, I just don't rate you. I, I hope, you can, you, hope you can time, appreciate that. One thing I've, I've noticed uh, every episode that there's been on Baller's Corner where you've I use the word slandered Rashford in terms of his ability. You always have a disclaimer like this. It's not you personally. This yeah. is just your ability. Because people can't, <laughs> people can't separate the, the footballer from the person. And I can. That's true. He's, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't hate him because I don't know him. He's probably a decent guy. He's probably, he's probably wavy. But football-wise, and I'm not saying that like, yo, like, retire or nothing, innit? I'm just saying... Get if I was my United manager, get comfortable to the bench with a bench, basically. That's what I'm trying to say. Because I'm bringing a man that can play in your position that will score 30 goals a season, that will take us to the title. I don't believe you can do that. But I just said, we're not mentioning Rashford, and here we are talking about Rashford. Yeah. <laughs> Why does this always happen? Somebody else start off. What's, what's right, do, you know what I can, do you know what? I'd, listen, as the, you know, the new signing, um, I wouldn't mind getting the ball rolling. Let's go. Um, so... My first thing, first of all, and I think we have actually spoken about this um, personally, not like on a podcast, for example, but um, my first thing, and I'm just going to say all of my sewn agendas, I don't feel, of course I'm being biased, but I don't think they're agendas, I just think they're just facts, I can't lie to you, but anyway, (laughs) like, um, (laughs) I think, yeah, so I'll start off, so in my opinion, when we're talking about the greatest strikers of the 21st century, Ooh. I'm so sorry. Zlatan Ibrahimovic's name should not be in that conversation. Oh, I, I would, I would, I would put, listen, listen. I would put that guy like when. Okay, when you talk about let's say top five, he's not even in that conversation, in my opinion. I would put. Yeah, him, that's fine. He 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 would be lucky to be in the top. I'll put him ninth, tenth at max. But just off the top of my head, I can think of at least seven, eight strikers clear of him, and then the rest is like mm, there's a conversation to be had. I'm not saying that he's not in, like, the top 10, but especially, like, that's just top 10. When people are now talking about the greatest striker, listen, so he doesn't... Top five, to me, he's not even 
doesn't even get a sniff, in my opinion. And I don't know if it's um, because of like other players' careers, and it's not just him himself, but just just I just feel like others have just been better. Like just off the top of my head, I mean, I can reel off um, R nine. Although, yes, his prime was in the nineties, more so. He still carried that over to the twenty first century. I know there's obviously a lot of injuries and whatnot, but I think we can all agree unanimously he is number one best striker of the 21st century. You've got the likes of Luis Suarez, Samuel Eto'o, Thierry Henry. Um, I would even put Lewandowski and Benzema ahead of him. Like I, I know Tony may disagree on this, but I'd put Wayne Rooney ahead of him. Like That's seven strikers already that I've just named who I, I don't think I, Ibrahimovic I, I agree, goes ahead of. I agree with you that he's not top five. Wait, is this 21st century, yeah, you said? 21st century, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you that he's not top five. Um, I think it's harsh. I'm trying to think Wait, of myself now. I think it's harsh that he's about, not top 10. Well, okay, nah. so when it comes to top 10, I'm, I'm not saying for definite, I'm just saying there's a convo to be had that I wouldn't be mad if someone put him 12th, for example. Okay. But, but, but if he was like ninth, 10, where he would come in would be around that sort of ballpark between ninth to top, but in my opinion, I would, I would maybe not even put him top ten. Yeah, no. And like I said, that that that's just the names that I've I've said like are clear of him. The conversations to be had are your, in my opinion, Cavani's, Shevchenko's, Raul's, even Van Nistelrooy, who I think gets a lot of discredit. Um, like all these kind of guys are, in my opinion, you can have a conversation about even Michael Owens. I, I think they're all better. Then, then Zlatan, okay. guys, 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 guys. Zlatan, no, wait, wait. Let me preface this here. Zlatan is actually, like, if you're asking me who's my, some of my favourite players ever, he's up there. But if we're putting, like, let's see, like, let's say at, at the peak of their powers, there are better strikers. And there may be 10 better strikers. I think it's kind of like going off the cuff and trying to name 10 is, like, suicide yes. because <laughs> I know I'm going to get killed. But, I, know you're, I know you're Chelsea fans. Wow. Ask me this. Riddle me this. Yeah. Don't even bring Drogba's name into this. We're gonna argue. Oh, I had, I, I didn't put Drogba. Whoa, 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 I bring... never... <laughs> no, no, no. Because Drogba. If, is... if Zlatan is not top ten, where is Drogba? Listen, all I'm he's saying not top is... ten either. So I'm um, I'll be honest. He's not... in my opinion, it Drogba's not top ten either. No, no, but Omar, there's a difference here. You see, cool. The best way I can say this: there's two opposite ends of the spectrum, and I'm gonna use two players to describe it. You've got Harry Kane at one end of the spectrum. You've got Drogba at the other end of the spectrum. Prolific and hasn't, like, affected the game at the, the, the highest levels. And then you've got someone that's not as prolific, but has been um, tantamount to everything that uh, Chelsea had achieved clutch, it, within that period. Clutch. So, obviously, I don't like using the word clutch in football because it's weird, isn't it? But, it's like, yeah, clutch. Time, yeah. And then you've got a lot of then you've got players that are in the in the middle balance like man that have moments. We did this on the episode where we, I think we even spoke about like where players rank based on moments versus ability. So Drogba's in a weird space. Can I say he's a top ten striker? No, I can't because there's man that are way more prolific and I've got the accolades to back it up. But my biggest thing I just hate when Drogba is used as the barometer for people because they just look at his numbers. They yeah. go, all right, cool. His numbers, this player's nah. got better numbers. But like, they make it like, worse. They make it worse. They they only look at Premier League goals and that, they make that specific. They don't look at assists as well. They don't look at context in the sense that he was the first striker to be used uh, as a lone striker in the Premier League. 
they don't look at the fact that his Champions League, he's got the most goals for an English club tied with Aguero in the Champions League. They don't look at his assists in that competition, in the FA Cup. Like, they just look at Premier League goals as like one no. metric. And then that's what they sort of base their agenda on. What? The Jogba Jog- Jog- comparison, sorry, the Jogba comparison is simply to get a, a grips of, like, for example, you said that you think Rude doesn't get the same, Rude Van doesn't get the same accolades as Latin, right? As a Man yeah, United yeah. fan, both of them have played for my club, and Zlatan played for my club when he was like 35. And I'm still telling you, right, I wish to this day that 24-year-old Zlatan played for my club because I think Zlatan's better than Ruud van Nistelrooy, man. Let's, let's not do but, this. Well, but, no, but, only, but the narrative around Zlatan changed in his late 20s, 30s. I don't believe yeah. that at all. Because, so, so you know what Rude, though, growing, up, growing up here, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, to me, there was only two seasons where I can say this guy was a scary guy. Every other season was like, he was decent, he was good. But what the two was seasons was his last season at Inter... Uh, no, his last season at, I think it was Juventus. And then, no, wait, what was it? It was the it's loan that, at AC that. Milan. It was the loan at AC Milan. And the one before that, um, it might have been Inter Milan, actually. No, his last season at Inter Milan... I think and it was, yeah. Jose. And, Jose, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the loan at um, AC. No, no, no. It's the second season was, you're thinking of when they won the league, the, the, the main season. That's when he was. Or oh, I'm thinking of Juventus. It was one of those. I can't remember where. There was two seasons where I can say, nah, this guy was a scary guy. So when he was scoring, when he was scoring, was it 53 GA in 46 games at PSG, you weren't rating him? When he became I, PSG's you know top goal scorer, he became PSG's top goal scorer over Pauletta in like 26 Fan, months. Fantastic. Pauletta had like 200 goals or something like that. But look, the, to be honest here, I'm not discrediting the guy. I'm not saying he's shit. I'm not saying like I don't rate the guy. I'm saying that he's good. And that's why I put him in like the top 10, for example. But I think that others, like for example, I would have a conversation between Cavani and Ibrahimovic, for I'm example. I'm taking Cavani. There you go. And I wouldn't I'll be mad. Cavani. And I, I, in, my, in my view, I'll take Cavani. I wouldn't be mad at people that take Zlatan over Cavani. And I wouldn't be mad at people that take Cavani over Zlatan. But there's a conversation to be had. And the fact that there's that sort of ambiguity that he's as loads of other strikers better than him. I just don't see why he should be in that category of like, OK, we all unanimously, unanimously here agree that he's not top five. But um, there's some people that put him like top three and, and these kind of stuff. And when I would take Cavani over Ibra, like you just open the door, and I we haven't even touched on the likes of where does Aguero come in. You've spoken on Harry Kane and all these kind of stuff. Like, look how many strikers that we're now listing. Do you get what I'm trying to say? We could even hit the 15 mark. I don't know, Bruh. but it's not, but it's not, but it's not to discredit the guy. And and don't get me wrong, he done bits when he was at that, uh, it was one season, I think, only at United. Um, he also done bits at PSG, you know, all these. T- I'm not discrediting that, I just. When I think of like strikers, especially, yeah, and I look at how how much even me as a spectator, I feared playing against them. I know his last time was thirty five, but I didn't fear play. He he might have got a goal or an assist here and there against, let's say, my team or whoever. But like, I didn't have that same fear element as I did with like a Van Nistelrooy when he was in United, for example, or even his early Real Madrid days. That fear factor, although he was a big guy. Maybe it's just me, but I I didn't have he didn't give me that aura that like other strikers have have given me that I felt. Do you know what I mean? And I'm and I'm happy to say that uh, part of it is also like my subjective opinion. I'm not even talking I'm not even talking facts like statistically. I'm just talking this is how I felt watching him. I didn't get that same aura about him that others have, and 
yeah, I don't know, man. Even sometimes the way he talks, I'm like, oh, this he thinks he's this massive striker. Like, I mean, I don't know. I like, but I usually like strikers that are like confident in their abilities. But I don't know, Zlatan, it, if you can back it up, then I don't mind. But I don't know. I feel like there's a gap between where he thinks he is and where he is. And maybe that's also a, a contributing factor why I think what I do. But I don't know. I just feel like he's... There's an argument he might not, he may not even be top ten strikers in the twenty um, first century. I, I'm with it. I'm with it. I think because for me, it's only when I look back here. Sometimes you have to see the narrative of players by looking back. And I remember there was a game. I think there was one against United in '08, and there was one against Liverpool. It might have been '09 actually. And the commentators are literally saying, like, he's talented, he's this, he's that. But when it comes to this stage, he does, he's not affected anything, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, when we're talking Champions League, we're talking across Europe. And I think that's where you kind of have to draw the line in the sand when it comes to, you know, the difference between the guys in the top five, maybe even top ten versus the others. I don't really want to start getting too many names because... It's all well and good. Scoring league goals is great, fantastic, as you should. But I think you should be dangerous at all levels. Mm. And, I, and I feel like he wasn't. And I think what has aided his argument is his longevity. and uh, The fact that like, even in his late 30s, he was still capable of scoring goals. But there wasn't really a time... Where you looked, even when Zlatan scored, what was it, 40, 44 goals or whatever it was in, in that PSG season, um, just in the league, or there wasn't that ever that feeling that this is the man, like he is yeah. the best at the moment. Yeah. And I feel like proximity, everyone is in the proximity top. bias, man, it's because like, nah, bias. nah, that's it, it's got to be because there's listen, there's certain teams that people just don't respect. Like, no matter how good somebody is, no one actually just sits there and says, yes, it's crazy. It's even, if you don't believe me, I know City now are, like, climbing to relevance across the board, yeah. But, like, Aguero doesn't even get the flowers that he should really and truly. KDB doesn't get the flowers he should really and truly. Any player that plays for PSG doesn't get recognition. Marquinhos has probably been, what, top three, top five centre-backs in the in the world in the last... People that people even hear this and be like, what's he talking about? But it's the truth. He's probably been one of the top five most consistent centre-backs for the last four years. Nobody cares. When Thiago Silva was doing what he's doing at Chelsea now at PSG, nobody cared because when he signed for Chelsea, everyone's like, oh, this guy's finished. Without even having a look at what he did, they're just like, oh, this guy's 35, he's finished. Certain teams, hold on, I'm just saying, certain teams you play for, for some reason that I can't quite explain or understand, you just don't get your flowers for it. It's like Juventus now. Like, if someone went to Juventus now and started spinning, no one cares. It's yeah, weird. but, but if I... you do it for if you do it for Barcelona, like, like Mbappe's the only one that kind of just gets. I think because people like him in it, but it's like when he just decides to stay for those three years. Look at the hate he got because he he stayed at this irrelevant club rather than going to Real Madrid. Like, yeah. it's, do you know what I mean? But I think the but then the argument kind of falls apart when you look at someone say like I use the same club for example, like Verratti for example, and all he is rated off is what he does in the Champions League. And the, the Ratty, performance Ratty's not dropped. rated by casuals, he's rated by people like us. Go, no, to someone that, time... go to someone that is Premier League centric and go ask them, What do you think of right? They're gonna be like, Well, obviously, we're talking, but the thing is, yeah, this is Baller's Corner, bro. We're talking about what we what we think and what we do here, in it. We're not, we're not discussing 
on behalf of the casuals because that's what we do here. So we're saying in the spheres that we conversate in and in the spheres that the conversations that we we we, we be having, variety is rated when it comes to when when I, we talk about Zlatan, like no one really comes and can say, remember when he did this on this stage. People who talk to you all day about when he scored four against England, people who talk to you all day about his goal scoring record, scoring 500 goals plus in his career. Great. But there still has to be instances or a season in the Champions League or this where he was that guy. I, I, why can I think of Even, this then? Okay. So why Tony, can I, Tony, why can I give yeah. you, I can think okay. of examples. Of, of, so of like iconic Zlatan matches, not goal, not iconic goals. So don't tell me about the scissor kick and thing. Iconic Zlatan matches where you said, that was his game on like a, it could be a big game or just thought, you know, that was him. That was, you know, I don't know, typical Zlatan. Like what, what were some iconic Zlatan matches that you would sort of tell me? The first one that comes to mind is, is uh, PSG Chelsea, where PSG knocked you out. What year was that? 13, 14? We did uh, back to back, didn't they? They did it. Um, it was a Thiago Silva header, David Luiz header. Yeah. Wasn't it? Wasn't it, was that f- when Cavani scored in the first leg, or was that the season after? I just remember Terry uh, walking off, and he like he like he, he like threw his armband. That's not icon- sorry to I don't feel that's iconic enough to me. I don't feel like Zlatan had an iconic match. But this is what I mean. But like what he in my my memories he did he didn't I don't think he scored, but it was a great Zlatan. I'm not like if I can pluck that. It doesn't need second. to be goals. No, that's fine. If there's no goals. <laughs> I'm not, it doesn't need to be goals or, or assists. You can have an iconic game without that. But like, yeah. if that, if that, if uh, is um, there any other games that you can bring to the table? I forget. I there you go. But I get there what you go, mean. Man. Like but that's like, what I, I think. Just for me, is like you can be a like a world level player. Like you could be a a, a top player. Like no one can dispute that but when we get into like rankings of like all timers when you factor in everything else there are men that are ahead of i think if if i, I won't go as bold to say maybe like not um outside the top 10 because I, I really would need to compile a list of like center forwards in that time but the the argument that i bring to the table is a lot of people would like when they start reading off names he's one of the first names that come off their 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 mouths but when you press them on it, it's not there because every argument can be counteracted by another player who probably right. did more and better. So the argument here that is moments, yeah. Um, how highly do you rate Wayne Rooney as a footballer? I know, I know your opinion, Tony, but me personally, like I said, I'll put him like seventh, eighth on the list. Definitely, in my opinion, above Zlatan. All right, but this is kind of where the moments argument falls apart because name me a Wayne Rooney Champions League moment. Apart Champ- from the Fenerbahce hat-trick. Champions League moment, or you talk about like a game of, of his, for example? Both. Take away the Fenerbahce hat-trick on his debut. Name one. Mm, I would go... Oof, let me even think now. I don't want to say a game now, yeah, that I remember being good, but he wasn't good. No, because, you know, the only, the, only, the, only other one, the only other one after that that I'll give you it's his brace at Stamford Bridge in 2011. Apart from that, there's, there is nothing. He scored in the 2011 final at Wembley and then ghosted for the rest of the game. That's another footballer that doesn't have moments, yet his perception then, is higher than another. But then, I, but I, that's where I'd say, for me, that's why I said I'm not necessarily willing to put him outside of the 10. Because I think the, the, 
the criteria to be in in the 10 might get a bit flimsy when you get from 7 to 10. And then you can start arguing who's in and who's out. But my argument is more like he's... He, if there's five, he's not close to that first five. Okay. Do you get what I'm saying? And, like, even... I know, like, a lot of... I know it's... Okay, it's not his fault, in it? But I'd say, like... I know we always go back to it, but... Say Euro 2004, right? Yeah. There's always, like, that campaign people can go back to and say, right, remember when he did this on this stage? Zlatan, in these 20-plus years, although 20-odd years of playing, playing, there's not that, like, outside of um, domestically where you could say, wow, Zlatan was this, that, and the third. And if only he had the team around him, they would have won this or they would have went far in this. It's never like Zlatan did over and above what he like what was required and he was let down do you get what i'm saying that's where for me it kind of i get what you mean but then i think it's one of those ones if you actually if we followed ac milan's 2010-11 Serie A campaign maybe opportunity there's probably a listener out there that has followed zlatan's career closer than we have and is screaming at us going mate what about this and that and this no no that's why but I've highlighted that though. I have said that's the season that AC Milan loan, and I believe yeah. it was the the last season at Inter Milan where he was. That I said no, that guy is scary. Like that was crazy. Mm. Then obviously after Inter, he went to Barca, and I was a bit disappointed. Went back to AC on loan, and I was like, yeah, this guy's scary. And then I think he got the permanent move to AC. Yeah. Um, he played a season. I think he got a bit injured, and then he got the move to PSG after. No, you. But, yeah. Like I just all I say is I remember in that last in that Mourinho Mourinho's first year at Inter wasn't it when Man United played them I want to say in the quarters yeah and it was dubbed the Ronaldo versus Ibra game so like I, you know what after the discourse like I can hear it but I also think I just think it's harsh really I kind of think it's harsh I don't know why <laughs> I don't know if it, I, <laughs> but the I don't want to discredit I'm not discrediting that like that's another disclaimer again like I'm not saying that he's shit I'm not saying this I just think. I don't know. I've, like, I've just been more moved by other strikers, basically, is what I'm trying to I say. Mean, but I Sorry, Carol. We have to normalise, you know what I mean, putting someone's accolades in the light and it's not discrediting because it's discrediting if I said, right, all Zlatan ever did was win league titles in a row and do this. He didn't really do much again. That's discrediting it. Discredit. But if we're putting it up against other people, it's just, yeah. it's just a comparison. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. For me, that's why I said I acknowledge domestically he was that guy like you look at his goal tallies in most seasons in the league like nice double figures couple really high scoring seasons as well what um definitely put teams on his back to win league titles but it it was just it's just one of them where i say once i take it out of that sphere i need to compare it to what other guys did on on certain stages because we can talk about Shevchenko, like you said, Shevchenko would be a conversation, but Shevchenko was the was a guy in the Champions League. Mm. Do you know? Champions League Cooper. Like I think that's what he's like. Obviously, everyone watched Serie A back then and whatnot, but like Champions League is what put him on the map, and he wouldn't have a Ballon d'Or if he wasn't slapping in the Champions League. And even now, just on that, just on just on accolades as well. Um, like I wouldn't even hold someone back for not achieving certain accolades sometimes as well. I mean, although that can be a factor to sometimes differentiate strikers, I I wouldn't hold them to it. So like I know Zlatan hasn't won a Champions League, but I've not here not come here and said, oh, he's not the best because he's never won this or that or like 
even domestic cups, he's known for not winning really, other than in France. I know he's never won a Coppa Italia, um, Coppa del Rey, FA Cup. Like he's not known for winning even domestic cups. But I would not hold that to him and say, oh, he's not good because he's not won this, that, and other trophies. And these strikers have. But like when you're comparing like themselves individually, how much they've contributed? Yeah, like he's done well, and that's why I put him in a regard, like, just to be even considered in the top 10 is still a good achievement, but I don't know, I just, I think there's a conversation his, to be had. Is his legacy in trouble then? Uh, is, is he in trouble? What, um, by, what do you mean by, by, by trouble? Like, is it easy to eclipse him? Not even that. Some people, some footballers' legacies get outdated very quickly as football moves on. Um, do you know what I mean? Is it, for example, someone like Raul at Real Madrid? Raul, obviously, German. I don't rate him as high as um, maybe some others, but as you can, his numbers don't lie. Do you know what I mean? Real Madrid's all-time yeah. top goal scorer before Cristiano Ronaldo. But yet, when you see people talk about the greatest others, he is not present in any of these conversations. I, that is, I that is someone's legacy that didn't survive. I, I think, I think <laughs> you know in Zlatan's case, he done it in a few different countries. I think he'll be fine. Yeah, and he's culturally, I think he's culturally relevant as well. Yeah, like he. He's not a character that will be forgotten anytime soon um, on the pitch. And I think sometimes you need that to keep your name still buzzing. It's a lot of the quiet guys or the guys that just like, kind of just fade off into the sunset when they retire that people forget about. Like, David Villa is like, David yeah. Villa is someone that's slowly dying out. People are forgetting him a lot. And yeah. David Villa, Torres. Torres is forgotten about. Even like guys like you think like an all time great striker, like a Van Basten, bro. I've not heard his name in years. Our generation ain't gonna know shit about that, man. <laughs> no, but like I'm saying, like I'm, I'm saying more in the sense of just like it, it's just you'd think someone who did what he did in the game, or even like the a bullet who was like one, uh, like the best player in the world at the time, like in his generation, like people will not not put him in no conversations, won't discuss him, even from the old heads. So it's one that like Rude Hullet would be on TV talking like. And they'll be talking to him like he was some any guy. But I'm thinking, <laughs> you look back at the tapes and you're like, yo, this guy was actually cold. And when I've watched his clips as well, I'm thinking, he was hard. So I was like... Do you reckon, do you, it's like, it's like when, he, when he used to come on Match of the Day and you're like, do you, want, do you reckon Rude Hullet knew who uh, Danny Murphy was before Match of the Day? Like, <laughs> it's it's two, two different levels of football, isn't it? <laughs> bro, you see Rude Hullet, yeah? Don't even take it too far. Bro, I, he used to come on Match of the Day, yeah? And I used to just remember him as, like, Chelsea's old manager, bro. I was so embarrassed when I went and looked him up properly and realised who he was. I said, nah. Uh, anyway, yeah, I've got one, yeah. It's not really, um, it's not a gender per se. It's just something that I hold near and dear. Um, and now when I think about it, maybe I do have an agenda with the player. But <laughs> for me, it's Gareth Bale. Gareth Ooh. Bale flopped at Real Madrid. Changed my mind. Oh, you know what it is? Do you know what? Okay, I wouldn't... Do you know why I don't say flop, but I can hear the argument? Because he's technically not a flop because he's turned up at some big moments. But that he's seems got moments, to overshadow... Yeah. But that seems to overshadow people's opinion. Like, people forget that, his, for example, his contribution in Champions League wins is not as great as people oh my. Think, first let's, think. Let's yeah. call the spade the spade. His goal was more important to the free <laughs> than Gareth Bale was. That's it. Let's just be real. Because his goal, they talk about some, like he's some any guy. So they say people actually thought he signed for a fourth division Spanish side, bro. They're forgetting. He's... 
this goal was more important to the free peat uh, Champions League than Bale was. And Bale, past 2014, 15-ish, if you want to be generous, was a non-factor. He had yeah. moments, he had spells. Yes, you can go and look at his La Liga tallies and sometimes he scored in bunches, he did this. But, okay, cool. I don't want to bring price tag into this because what you pay for is supply and demand. That's not on the player, right? But the price tag does somewhat suggest what he was supposed to be and the trajectory he was on from when he left Tottenham. He regressed. Whether through injury or whatever, he regressed. And I don't know why people are so hell-bent on putting him in conversations due to team accolades for, uh, to, to, to make up for the fact of it. I'm seeing but it for like, oh, we shouldn't just do greatest English player ever because Gareth Bale's actually the greatest British player of... On what basis? Yeah. On what, and I was... I, 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 firm, like, I, I believe, yes, he, he's talented, he had great attributes and stuff, but if you can't put it all together and you're seen as a hindrance more than a than a benefit, we can't all be going blind here. Let me, let me break it down for you further. Let me break it down to why I believe it, right? World transfer record at the time. I know Carl just said you can't, you know, talk about, you can't really hold them accountable for the transfer fees because the player's not responsible for it. But when you do cost that money, right, there's a certain expectation, especially when you do it going to the world's biggest team at the time, right? You, at first, went to complete the jigsaw at Real Madrid to bring them La Decima, right? I hear it. And on top of that, Ronaldo's 29 when you signed? 28 when you signed? You're 23, so you're supposed to be 23, 24. So you're supposed to be the heir to Cristiano Ronaldo, right? So his first season at Madrid wasn't that bad, wasn't that great. His contribution in the final was dog shit, rewatch it, he didn't do anything, and he scores the winning goal. But in fact, what I will give him is his performance in the Copa del Rey final the week before. Yeah. When they beat Barcelona, I'll give him that, especially the goal as well, fair play. But his contribution in the UCL final was nothing. Like, he almost, if it wasn't for people, Madrid fans, bringing it back, he almost got away with winning Madrid the UCL. When he didn't, that performance is all Di Maria's. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And Sergio Ramos. And Sergio Ramos, especially for the, what is it, 93? That was the last kick of the game. Last kick, mate. I, I, I was on the sofa when that corner went in I celebrated like I support Madrid myself it was crazy <laughs> it was crazy but like I digress anyway um one stat that blew my mind is Neymar and Bale signed in the same season I was about to bring this up I was yeah. about to bring this up and Bale left three or four years after Neymar did Neymar has more goals <laughs> No, but but the thing is, even with that, right, even forget that. If you look at they signed at the same time, I think even, and like Modric signed the year before, I want to say. Yeah, Yeah, the year before that, right. These players that all came into the Liga at the same time or came to Real Madrid, Barcelona at the same time. Bro, everyone else, after their first season, whether it was shaky or not, stepped on leaps and bounds once they adapted and worked out what they were doing. Yeah, He was the only one that, Either got worse or stayed at the same level if you want to be generous. Well, I'll give him but, a 16 17. He had a good 16 17 season. I'll give him that. But he never, I don't think he ever hit 25 league goals. Considering, that's it. He His best um, seasonal tally was at Tottenham. That's crazy. Whatever. Yeah, I think. Let me double check that. 
but I saw a stat somewhere. It was like he did never he never eclipsed statistically. I can't say that word. Um, this th- the twelve thirteen season he had at Tottenham at Real Madrid. That's mad. Man, facts, That's highest, kind of crazy. His yeah. highest was nineteen. <laughs> his highest was nineteen, albeit in twenty three games, which is pretty good. But he's for me the way I look at it and just say, bro. Any, if you're supposed to be a world-level talent and you... And don't forget how we kicked and screamed to go to Real Madrid. Like, yeah. he fully refused to go to training. Like, he knew that was his levels that he needed to go to. Yeah. If you can't hit those levels, I'm sorry, you are a flop. And it's, it's unfair to call someone at the highest level of the game a flop and say they failed and stuff because, yes, they're part of the 1% and the 0.1% within that. But you didn't do well. And what bails you out is the fact that your team, which you played bits, parts in over the time, were extremely successful at the time. So what you can do is leave and they can go, well, you won four Champions League, three league titles, this, that and the third. But and no one and because no one was there or no one really remembers every single game, acts like you had more of a contribution to it when you then you didn't. And it's an argument that could be made for, I guess, like Benzema up until the last couple of years where you can say he wasn't prolific he wasn't this but guess what he's not he's done it now which is this which is the third chamber which was the third leg of my argument like when Ronaldo leaves now this is now your time you're supposed to be the yeah and Florentino Perez who you are the love child of because he backed you numerous times he he himself was the driving force to getting you to Real Madrid he loved you that much is like bro you are here to replace Ronaldo and you're not doing it the 1819 season when Ronaldo's gone to Juventus, they all stunk. It was Benzema that 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 stood up. Do you know what I mean? So it's like Yeah. yeah. And I swear, did they win the UCL once when, when Bale no Bale's back in the squad? When Bale went to Spurs, he was back in the squad when they won the UCL and it was the other year. But and, yeah, bro, like yeah. think about it, it's sad. Like he started as a marquee signing, he started one final. It was it was one two UCL finals he started. Out of the four, that's crazy. So I said, man, there was one. There was one final. He was even sitting with Zidane's son in the stands. But <laughs> I don't know, man. People... But that being said, though, that to just to balance the books a little bit, like to even still be a clutch player numerous times, um, is still something which a lot of fans, for example, will hold value. Like I remember. I mean, again, I'm talking of my experience, but like. Fernando Torres cost Chelsea 50 million, which at the time was a lot of money. He got that semi-final goal against Barcelona. And I remember at the time, Chelsea fans were like, that's it. Like, that's his money repaid. I don't care if he's being shit. Like, he's repaid the money. And it's same with something, someone like Bale, who has time and time again, um, although may not have been, like, for example, the best player on the team or whatever, the consistent amount of um, big goals that you score does leave a good sort of... Uh, or resonates well with like the fans, like and to say, you know what, we really rate him. And yeah, you can talk about players like Origi and say, well, he also gave Liverpool clutch um, goals so many times, and he didn't cost eighty-five million, for example. But at the same time, it, uh, I, that, so, that's why I wouldn't hold, call him hold, a flop. I wouldn't call him a flop, on. but I can understand the argument with Bale. But I wouldn't call him a flop because he's still done multiple times, you know, scoring in Champions League finals, Copa del Rey finals, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which. You can justify at least a good portion of the price tag, at least, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, let's hold on to that thought, right? It's, I know it's a hypothetical, and hypotheticals don't really do well in the world of football. But let's say Origi 
Ricky was actually a, this is not even hypothetical. Ricky was supposed to be a, a startlet. He wasn't necessarily a wonder kid, but he was a footballer when he first broke through because he went to to the World Cup at, in 2014, age 18, wasn't he? He was supposed to be like, you know, a serious footballer moving up. So let's say he he joined Liverpool on the premise that he was going to get them 20 goals a season. Let's say he's uh, say he joined Liverpool to be the heir of Luis Suarez, and then he doesn't do that. But he still has his goal repertoire that he has, you know, scoring against Bar- all those clutch goals that he scored. Do you then look back and say Origi was a flop or Origi was a success? It depends on the it's on the not, price tag. But I'd say flop, yeah. Flop comes with that the sentiment plus what you did. So you get like a flop is someone who hasn't done it, who you feel hasn't contributed at all and cost you money, and you go, that was a flop, that stinks. I think, like, I get where Omar's coming from to say you flops harsh because I guess someone who provides a big, big moment for you, you're always going to, you know, resonate with them for that. I'll give an ex- a current day example, like Kai Havertz, right, for Chelsea. Like, people can say overall time has been very median, whatever. I- I've said enough on the guy. You are people, bro. I am people. <laughs> But people will say, oh, the guy scored in a, he scored the win in the Champions League final, uh, had a good game to be fair to him. And he scored the win in a Club World Cup final. I don't know why that even puts you in rankings these days. Um, but it, like, they'll say, well, yeah, 75 million, but look what he did. But obviously, we're talking from a perspective of like, let's look at the overall time, peaks and valleys. And does it really balance out? I, I don't know. But it comes. Yeah, but, but what my argument is like, let, let's say with Havertz in this case, yeah, is that let's say that Champions League final goal or suit cup, club or cup, whatever. My point, and to mirror that with Bale, is that it does make up for at least a portion of the price, and that's why I say it's harsh to say a flop. But I understand the argument that he didn't live up to expectations, and you know maybe not as good as he should have been or what was expected of him. But that's why I'm I'm not calling him a flop but I can understand like where you're coming from because Bale like even outside of Havertz that that comparison you know Bale has done it multiple times I know not all of them have been goal winning um like winners for example but like just to score in the Champions League final just one goal is still a great achievement when your team wins let alone multiple and one of them even being a bicycle kick and whatnot yeah there's a lot of guys that don't that don't have that in on their CV, so it's right. I got it. Um, I want to take. I want to. I want to take it to mine. Yeah, I, I, the pitchforks are going to be out in it, and I'm probably going to get a lot of pushback from both of you. But I'm going to try and make this very, very clear how I say it, so people don't. We'll let you land. Don't worry. Misconstrue <laughs> what I'm saying. And it's the notion that I don't know if this is a very much an English point of view in terms of people that grew up here and watch football here and love this great league that we live, that we we play in. So they base all their opinions off that. But personally, when encompassing everything, we talk moments, everything. For me, Thierry Henry is one of the most overrated players of all time. Ah, oh, bro. No, land, land, land. Before, no, like, go on. I'm gonna let, even as a Chelsea fan talking on an Arsenal player, I would usually let that run, but I'm going to no, let you land before and, I... Before and, I... And this is what I had to say it. Let the reaction happen <laughs> and then say what I'm going to say. And for me, personally, for me, 
is amazing ability. Again, another one like like one of my favorite players ever. Favorite, like style, everything. It's just chef's kiss. But individually, compared to other guys in the all-time conversations, and I'm talking the upper echelon of all times that people try and like sneak him into because R9 is there. People have tried to sneak in on Reed. He just doesn't have the the moments. He doesn't have the like. I'll tell you something now. I'll tell you something right now. Right? Okay, so, okay. You're making more only, sense. There's only three footballers, yeah, that Arsenal have had that I can consider as elite. That's Cesc oh, Fabregas. No, he is elite. He is elite. He is. No, elite. I'm just just hear me out. That's Cesc Fabregas who I think is the Premier League's best ever export. Uh, Spanish export, sorry. <laughs> um, none of this David Silver shit. Um, you know what? I'll give it to him. Saul Campbell, who I rate quite highly, to be fair, and Thierry Henry. Everyone else is just kind of like, yeah, you're good footballers, but you're way down there. I I get the the sentiment that Henry doesn't have moments. I know for a fact you're thinking of the 06 final. <laughs> I'm not just thinking of the 06 final, because... Look, okay, cool. But you Pass can't, you can't deny what this guy was doing yeah. like in his prime in the Premier League. This guy was doing stuff that we never seen before. We were looking at... Before, like, goals oh. and assists was, was normal within strikers. Before it was expected from strikers, he was delivering. Oh, you, we, we, had, we had... I'm just saying, we had, like, when the, the traditional nine was around, all we, we didn't even expect assists from strikers. We now Van Nistelrooy could score 30, yeah? But he couldn't create for anybody else. He couldn't lay for anybody else. He couldn't create goals. I tell you what, I love Reed, but one criticism, apart from the goal against Bolton, that guy couldn't create goals for himself. Where Henri could. We saw Henri was, in my opinion, a modern day striker playing in yesteryears. So that's why I'm kinda like That is fair. That is I'm gonna fair. have to I'm gonna I'm gonna have to side with Arsenal fans with this one. That's the no. one footballer that I can't really discredit. Bro, I'm not discredit again, I'm not discrediting because I know or say or say he's on. I know what he's on. Yeah. But uh, when I said it, I pref I, I even prefaced it saying when they put him in high up in these all time rankings, like high up in these all time rankings, I can't have it. I'm sorry, I can't have it. Yes, you can have the accolades, you can have the play style, you can have everything, but you need to be a guy that contributed greatly to a big achievement, bro. Because people forget, cool, yes, 98 World Cup, they won that. Fantastic. 2002, Zidane was injured. Just Zidane was injured. They couldn't even get out of the group stages with the best striker in the world. Cool. 2004, Euro. Again, another one dominated by Zidane doing his thing. We don't, you hear all four spoke. I know they went out early. You won't hear a peep about Henri. 06 World Cup, the Zidane show, anyway. Henri. Uh, Winning goal against Brazil, though. But Zidane resists, though. <laughs> yeah, set piece, though. Works yeah. both ways. <laughs> How about some but, but that's Henri? <laughs> How about some Orphan play, though? Hey, so hand of, it's not <laughs> Hand of God. Uh, the illegal hand that got him in the 2010 World Cup. Come on. Oh, man. Ireland. The biggest, Ireland. Moment of, the biggest moment outside of the Premier League that Henri's ever had is the goal in the Bernabeu. That's all hmm. we can go to. But it's not even just the goal in the Bernabeu. It's, it's, the, it's his performances in the run-up. In the run-up to that final. 
What game? No, but it was only the court. It was only that quarter final against Real Madrid. Where you, you know that that was like iconic in my opinion. One, because of of honorary. Because what? So you you this game? You're not rating that, bro. I'm talking. Oh, these are the people that are, and I'm not saying uh, for me. Henri, like you can even put him second best striker to play the game. You could even put him there. I don't even mind it. No, no, I you can't, mind. bro. There's no, no, two, uh, Arnan and Luis Suarez are. I don't even. I don't. But my point is, you can put him second. You can put him third. You can even argue that he's number. No, you can't put him number one because R nine is there. But everyone else on these world, like up, like top, 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 top guys, yeah. They've all got the whole sphere of everything domestically. They did this on the European stage. They did even internationally. They did what they did, whether they won an international title or not. They did something. Henri doesn't have that. Like, Correct. that's why for me... The kind like, of that... And, wait, just to say that, yeah. For me, that's when I got... And the reason I started thinking about this is when Giroud broke his French record, yeah. People going like, he doesn't deserve it, he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that. And I was thinking... For France... For France, we're not going to argue that this man is... is he's, that record deserves to be untouched. That's for one. <laughs> that is for one because of, from I know okay he did score in 2018, but I think even in this World Cup alone, Giroud did more than Henri has done in any World Cup that he's played in. That's mad. Think, that's gonna, that's gonna, I, I think that's gonna similar. get some people. That's gonna get some people talking. They can get mad. But you know what? Mad. But I love Henri though. I'm saying that I love Henri, but I just don't like how we're trying to like restructure the narrative and then go and then the same people that might have not even been of age or this, are going, well, he would be if he had that Ballon d'Or that he got robbed of. You don't even know he got robbed of it. It wasn't, definitely wasn't a robbery, which, that's another topic. But, like, I do understand, like, when people say, look, he's France's all-time top goal scorer, which is a great achievement. But at the same time, like, I hear it in a sense that people need to separate how a player was as a club, at club level and at international level, which, a good example, which even me, I had to sort of, make myself aware of because I had a lot of attachment to this player and that was Ronaldinho for Brazil he didn't actually do a lot in the grand scheme of things which people need to separate look at club level you know for Barcelona and whatnot he did a great deal amount of but but at Brazil it wasn't to the same level and that's I think the same with Thierry Henry which I think is what you're getting at like especially internationally anyway is that what he did internationally despite yes being a top goal scorer all time to Costco is a great achievement. Um, it just wasn't as like um, sort of. I don't want to say deserved because that's of course it is deserved, but I know what you mean. Like as in, it's not like an unbreakable record that like it's like a I don't know, like Pele seventy seven goals for Brazil and people are saying like I know Neymar will probably overtake it, but as in like that was a, a record where people are like no Pele is like the king of Brazil, like he deserves to have that sort of stand for decades and decades is that yeah. like bro that's, that's the, the kind of track that you're going which if you are and, i agree with and and but the, i say that to say like with what Henri was lacking in terms of on certain levels he wasn't doing the madness and people can show me numbers and show me he scored this amount of champions league goals he did it. he wasn't that guy so that's why i would say like for me when we're ranking the all-time best players of all time, the greatest players of all time, he just can't be mad high on the list. Maybe not even in in, in the 10. 
because people have tried, I've seen him in tens, I've seen him people pushing him near fives, and, and I'm thinking you're not, he's not that high up, and it's a discredit to other men that have done so. Like someone that we mentioned earlier, right? Like Raul. Raul done things on all levels. His name's nowhere to be seen anywhere. And maybe rightly so. And Henri, yes, as cold as he was, like as as amazing as he was to watch the 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 drip, the the flare, the everything. I'm sorry, liking a player being likable and a player being cool is not enough to put them up, 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 up. And even if we compare it to Ronaldinho, Ronaldinho at least, I think it was 05. It might have been 05. He went to the Copa America with um without some of the, 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 the heavy hitters and went and won it. He done his thing. We can't like, and this is not again not to discredit Henri, but it's just for me to say I, I just think he he gets mad, overrated in terms of where he ranks, not in terms of how he played the game. Is that just strikers, or are you talking about players? No, over, players, players, because that's okay, where okay, people are that. putting him. That's why I said players, strikers, mm. strikers. I can't really argue him. Like he's he's done his. He's, he's really done his thing but I'm saying like when we're saying all time players they're they're really I think the his name every year just keeps climbing up and up this list and I'm saying how has it gone up he's been retired and people are doing stuff so that that's where I'm a bit mm, I, I, I'm starting to draw the line with it but greatest Premier League player of all time one of the greatest strikers of all time amazing player just not as high up as, as I would like to see. I think there's a lot of like uh, sort of infatuation with fans, especially to do this revisionism on players who were, let's say, of a certain era. Like maybe a lot of young fans, for example, who didn't have the opportunity to watch a lot of these players play live, as in not in the stadium, as in like actually watching them like play in their era. So when they look back at like comps and YouTube videos, which I understand that may be something, the only tool that they have to watch these players. I feel like that's where a lot of it comes from. For example, is when they start to overrate these kind of players um, is when they do, like I said, stuff like that, which um, I could segue into another. <laughs> so, on, so, so on and so for called um, agenda, but, I don't know if you've got anything else to say, like... No, 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 no. Take the floor. Take the floor. Before, I, before, <laughs> the, before they lynch me, man. Take the okay. floor. Okay. Okay. So, again, not to discredit this player in any way, um, but this whole thing of Iniesta being better than Xavi is, like, just Ooh. mind-boggling. Why, why that's an argument, I've got no idea. That should not be an argument. Xavi ahead of Iniesta but Iniesta in my opinion is the third best midfielder of all time in my opinion Zidane and Xavi Zidane first Xavi second and and I don't even like when people put Modric ahead of Xavi or Iniesta but I can acknowledge he does that a lot a lot of people put Modric (laughs) second there's a lot of man I don't know any thank god I don't know any hey bro there was a lot of man saying he's eating at the same table I said nah 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 not yet not yet. I think. I think. But, I think, but you know, go on, Tony. I, I don't think he's far off in Yester, but Iniesta's he's not far. Better. Yeah. yeah. I, no, I no, think... Iniesta maybe, but and that's not even to say Iniesta's not the guy in it. Like Iniesta's, but I think it's just like 
Xavi Zidane, I think, are untouched as the top two. And I used to be one of those people that was like Iniesta over Xavi in it. I don't know why. For the longest, I just never liked Xavi in it. Like it was more of like a, it was genuine in the agenda. I just, just didn't like him in it. But I have to I say, he, 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 like then the way people put people in the same conversation as him, I don't think it's. I, yeah, Xavi I, to me was, and even to to any of the listeners who do feel like, oh, what's this guy talking about? And yes, it's better. Just to like put some things out there on the table for, you know, any kind of listeners who disagree, which is absolutely fine if you do disagree. Um, people, when when you look at Iniesta versus Xavi, I mean, if we all in agreement between this comparison, and maybe this conversation might be a bit easy, but like, if you were to ask me what is Iniesta better than Xavi, I would tell you like dribbling. Like creating, maybe not even. Well, yeah, creating oh, depends how. Depends how you. Nah, not creating, bro. Not creating. Like, but maybe not creating. Maybe not creating. But like dribbling, to, for example. I was about to land. Gone. Like, Xavi well, creating, was so yeah. good. Xavi was so good. We couldn't comprehend. Like, you know, intelligent footballers sometimes. You know how the smartest person in the room is like the outcast because nobody else can quite understand him. Mm. That's the problem with Xavi. Xavi was so good at his craft he was always a step ahead of everybody else that the average mind couldn't even comprehend what it is that he did it's also the Xavi Alonso effect where Xavi Alonso wasn't really appreciated as a footballer until maybe you know his latter years at Bayern when it was it was looking like he was going to hang up and everyone went back and was like oh this guy was a really good footballer and they showed you clips of him scoring from the halfway line to show how good he was it's like no 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 no. yeah he did that but he wasn't a good footballer because he what? did that. Do you know what I mean? Michael like, Carrick, all these kind of guys. Michael well, Carrick, yeah. well, uh, obviously not to, not to the same. I'm just saying not to the same extent. Oh, like, this is, but like Carrick, Busquets. Sorry, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, Carroll, this is the thing. Um, what people and and this is why um, what I was actually going to bring up as well. Like when I was speaking about what is Iniesta better than Xavi yeah? in terms of like yes, dribbling and these kind of things. But everything else, a lot of people are quick to say goal scoring. Xavi scored more goals than Iniesta. And they they scored, and I've researched this, roughly the same amount of penalties, which is, I think, one has three penalties scored, one has two. So it's not... It, these are all, like, non-NPG uh, goals that we're referring to. Xavi has, if I'm not mistaken, either the same or more goals than Iniesta. Assists. I know people, a lot of people don't, maybe don't like to appreciate assists, which is fine. But even if we use that metric, if someone wants to say, like, oh you know, chance creation. And, and I did listen to you guys' pod um, about creating chances in terms of oh, creativity, sorry, in that it has different meanings. And I think Javi also falls under that in that, that sort of, um, not in an attacking sort of way. But he had more assists, I believe, as well. But Javi, but this is the thing though, Javi, like, people are like Javi was this like, guy that passed sideways and back. Well, he had a season, I think he still is the La Liga record, 20 most assists. In a season, more, like more he, than twenty, yeah. It's more no, no, than I'm saying in 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 the La Liga, it's him and Messi tied on twenty because Messi oh, okay, pulled yeah, it yeah. in 2020. But the twenty assists in a season, bro. I mean, when he could, he would. If he didn't have to, he didn't. Like in terms of like, if the killer pass was on, he'll play it. If it turns into a, because you know a lot of the time the midfielder plays it forward and Barca, what they do, the forward that gets it squares it to the other guy. You don't get the assist for it. That's why I don't like the assist. That it doesn't show. The full build-up of, of 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 play, do you know what I mean? The same way that Busquets has got an assist for Messi for that goal in the Bernabeu, when all he did was stop it for. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, for me, 
he is, and that's what pe- Javi is so far clear of Iniesta that Iniesta, as blasphemous as it sounds, yeah, to a degree, is if we're talking just, and I'm going to talk just in a sphere of even just Barcelona yeah, in terms of like the glory, he's arguing with Busquets because they're okay. both as integral to what they they uh, Bas were trying to do. But Javi was the one that was a cut above the rest. Yeah, he was 100%. the man, and the other two formulated that triangle. The triangle wasn't based on Iniesta and then the other two. Thank you. The two could exist without Iniesta. That midfield can't exist without the other two. Yes. I think that's a fact. Yes. And this is why Xavi was the heart of Tiki Taka. Tiki Taka is the dominant sort of possession-based football and whatnot. And regardless of anyone's opinion of it, it was a dominant footballing sort of um, tactic. And Xavi was the heartbeat of it. Yes, yeah. Iniesta and Busquet and all these guys contributed, but I mean, I don't like to use this, but you know, Barcelona last won the Champions League in 2015. Ironically, the year that was Xavi's last year, which is why I understand the argument that Xavi was more integral because when you take him out, you can't. You have this big hole, which yes, Iniesta can try his best to do, but won't. But I feel it, like, and, and as as it might sound. Yeah, go on. Spain, Spain success also aligns with Xavi's international career. Yeah, exactly. 100%. And if you look at it as well from another um, perspective, is when Xavi started nearing the end of his time, we even talked about the treble winning season 14-15, which was successful in its own right. Barca didn't play the same way as they did in the Pep years. They were more counter-attacking. Yeah, they were more dynamic, back to front. The, the There was less of the obvious triangles that came with Tiki Taka. It was very much like the wing play and Suarez interaction and just getting the ball to them and, and getting forward. And yeah, like you said, a lot of the goals were scored on the break. So clearly it must show, even though Busquets and Iniesta were still playing, that Xavi was the reason for it. Yeah. It's yeah. that simple. And I think it, that's not even an agenda. That's just a really good point that needed to be made because... But a lot yeah. of people are saying that Iniesta is like the greatest midfielder of all time. And I don't feel like he's not even top two. And that's no disrespect to him. But like, I look at like, if you want to compare, well, of course, attacking bias is what was going to be my point is, that's what I feel like it is. But even when you look at it, like granularly, defensively, Xavi is better than Iniesta. And attacking, you know, I would even say Xavi might even be better attacking than you know it is, Iniesta. I, it goes to the conversation that I, I realised that football fans um, just like it's the aesthetic. Dynamism, they like they like locomotion, they like all this sort of stuff, yeah. That it that the normal part so for example, if you're a pass and move kind of player, right? Pop and play, at, or you're a um just a centre forward who just scores goals, right? You're a finisher, you won't be rated as much as a dribbler who can beat someone one v one or a midfielder that can, you know, is a transition monster as we like to call them these days. Yeah, like, which is why poachers can never be goats. Yeah, that's, what, that's how people. That's how people view them. Is like you're just a poacher. Like an Aguero, for example, would never be in a in a Suarez conversation. Yeah, or level whoever. Like, these guys won't be in like those upper. Like your R nine, R nine had everything. He could dribble. He could score. He could do everything. And that's why, like, um, you know, the argument of like a specialism or um, I won't say jack of all trades, but like those who are let's say, elite level at multiple different facets, of course, naturally will be more 
highly regarded than like a specialist, for example. And Iniesta, because of his magical dribbling, I feel like that's why people fall in love with him, which I completely understand. And one stat which I love about Iniesta, he's the only person in history that has got a man of the match in a World Cup final, a Champions League final and a Euros final. And for that, I completely rate him. And I say, look, this guy's magical. And again, like we've all said a million times, we're not discrediting the guy, but I just don't see what conversation, what angle there is to say that he was better than Xavi, in my opinion. Because, like I said, you look at it defensively, Xavi was better. You look at attacking, Xavi was better. You look at even how instrumental they are to like the team's success, even away from stats and whatnot. Yeah. I just see Xavi as this, but it's the whole fascination of like a player. Because Iniesta stayed at Barcelona a little bit longer than Xavi, the young kids of now, I'm going to say young kids, young child, of nowadays, look at, will remember Iniesta more than Xavi so that when they do this kind of uh, revisionism, they have more to go by because they've got a little bit of the eye test to go by. Yep. Whereas Xavi, of course, he went to uh, Qatar in 2015. Yeah. You know, that was, now we're talking eight years ago, basically. We're in 2023 now. That's eight years ago, basically. So a lot of people have this sort of distant memory of him and they don't remember and, one argument that I've, when I've had this conversation, people are like, yeah, but um, when you look at like rankings of the Ballon d'Or and Iniesta and this and that, if you look, Iniesta has only ever beaten Xavi in a Ballon d'Or ranking in a international tournament year, which we know there is an international tournament tax. And when, for example, you score the winning goal in uh, a World, World Cup. Cup final, you know, that moment itself will place you higher than Xavi, even if you're not deserving of that. But we know that in Ballon d'Or rankings, it is very um, heavily weighted towards how good of an international tournament you have that year, for example. We understand that. And if you look outside of that, so if you want to compare it to years where there's been no international tournaments, which I feel like show you a much more accurate representation, Xavi nearly always beats Iniesta. But I'm not going to use a Ballon d'Or argument because... There's a lot of flaws in Ballon d'Ors, you know. The I mean, that's how Modric's voting. <laughs> yeah, and, well, and even well, we his won't. was a bit shoddy. That I, I don't agree with the fact that he won Modric, but fair play to him that he did. Uh, but, it's a good thing, good thing you mentioned there as well. A couple of months ago, we had a podcast actually uh, highlighting the death of um, of specialists. Um, so it's a good thing. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wheel that in there. I'm gonna link it in below as well. So if you are interested more in what Omar's talking about, uh, please check out that podcast because we actually went on there and we we dived into the, the difference between a jack of all trades and a specialist and how football has moved away from somebody that can specialize within one factor and one field of the part of the of the game, and now compare it to and how football has now transcended to a footballer having to be good at a majority of things and how not even just that from a manager's demand uh, point of view, but also from a fan's point of view of this guy's a pony because he can only do this versus, i.e. the poacher, versus the all-round striker that maybe gets less goals, but it's more, you know, it's is more useful to a team. So if you're more interested in that, I'll put it in the, I'll put it in the replies below. We'll link it towards this. And uh, yeah, go crazy. Um, much further ado to continue this one, actually, I've got a few quick ones I'm going to just shoot at you. Some of them are biased, but A, it's Agenda City, I'll be honest with you. Um, <laughs> it's about five in here. We can't dive into all of them, but you can quickly let me know what your thoughts are. Um, my first one uh, is more my United to my United bias, but I'm sick and tired of seeing people say, like, you know when you see Premier League teams of the season, yeah? Or Premier League teams of all-time teams, 
Rio's Rio Ferdinand's always there, and I'm like, it's just like, bro, why are you here? <laughs> oh, it's the captain. Of, it's the captain effect. Like when you're the captain of of a, of a you know uh, one of the greatest teams, for example, ever, you're going to be put in that in that sort I of category. Vidic was captain. Vidic, no, Vidic was Vidic was after after the turn of the decade. So Vidic became oh. captain after 2010. Rio Ferdinand was captain, what, 09, um, 10, and then he lost it to Vidic in 2011. But Vidic was a better defender than Ferdinand. I'll die on that hill. Rio Ferdinand never, never gave us a season like Vidic did in 10, 11. In 2010 and 11, Vidic was arguably the best defender on planet Earth. No, but Tony, and, Tony it's, it's obvious though, because anytime everyone speaks about Vidic, it's always Vidic. When it's yeah. Ferdinand, it's Ferdinand and Vidic. It's never Ferdinand. Remember Ferdinand for England or with Terry, he's done, done his thing. Do you remember Ferdinand before Vidic came? Like, they only talk about when he first came through and he was a Rolls Royce or whatever you want to call him. And then when Vidic came, that the yeah. correlation is there that you are rated based on your partner. Yeah, 100%. Another one is that Post Goals is the best of the trio. Which. Wait, wait, so, are you saying he is? Or, <laughs> wait, are you saying he is? Or, or? All right, if you told me, if you told me, uh, pick Gerard Scholes Lampard, I'm not saying this because I'm a Man United fan, right? Okay, I'll tell you the truth. I'll tell you the truth. I'll tell you the truth. I cannot ignore the fact that Lampard has 200 goals as a midfielder, right? Right. But if you told me to pick a midfielder for your team, I'm going with Scholes. It depends. It depends uh, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. because the thing is, so when it comes to like let's say <laughs> legacies and whatnot, if that's what you're um, no, I'm talking about incorporating those. as well. And, no, no, if you're incorporating it as well, for example, if you're incorporating it as well, because let's be honest, we do also judge these great players on partly also because of legacy. And yeah. if you're talking purely on ability, then the answer is, is Gerard. But because of the fact no that no, in my opinion, I feel like in my opinion, like I feel like. It would be Gerard, but I'm not going to ignore the fact that the guy has, in pivotal moments, for example, for Liverpool specifically, you know, there's been times where, like, let's say in a league title campaign, he may not have have produced what, like, let's say, Skull. I remember when Skulls retired and came back and looked, still looked like one of the best midfielders in the world. And I'm pretty sure he said, oh, I've got these boots for £30 from Sports Direct and just turned <laughs> yeah. up to a West Ham game and got 99% pass completion rate. Yeah. And I and I admire that, and and I think that's what would put Skulls ahead of Gerard is the fact that he's also been largely contributing to Man United's uh, entire success. That includes league campaigns as well. But it's not but even just that. It's the fact that I don't know. I'm, it's it's tight between uh, Skulls and, um, and Gerard. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's Ooh. not even just. It's just not even just about that. It's because like people forget. You know, Skulls was a striker, bro. Skulls started his Man United career as a striker. And then obviously he's I don't also know what left happened. mid at one point as well. He also right? left mid at one point. He but he was more of attacking talent than he was what he turned out to be. So when he turned about thirty, he became what England's first of a register. Like his for me, his array of skill knew no bounds. He could shoot from he could shoot from long distance like Gerard and Lampard. He was a better passer than them both, hundred percent. And like yeah, he wasn't um, as what about defensively. Defensively is 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 a uh, is what he's underrated at. Yeah, what do you mean? Like, but in comparison, in comparison to like, let's say Gerard, for example, 
Wait, hold on, Mandem. Listen, we're not disregarding Lampard in right, this conversation. This is not becoming Skulls versus Gerrard. <laughs> you ask me, I'm taking Lampard, bro. Facts. I'm taking Lampard. Okay. So we're going to go three different ways with this. <laughs> the same well, way- it depends. Like, for example, so yeah, if, you want, if you're going for like this, you know, highly attacking team, then I would understand Lampard because he will guarantee you goals. Mo- like, you know, there's been times he's been Chelsea's top goal scorer and he's a midfielder, which is insane. Well, I think I, I think, I think the... England lost. England killed themselves when Skulls retired. How's Ben no, Erickson? I, I disagree. I disagree. I, I, do you know why I say that? Because I do feel like if, let's say, in best case scenario, England went four three three, that DM role could have been someone like a Carrick or even Owen Hargreaves. We've seen Owen Hargreaves in a Yo, double pivot in England. Carrick wasn't around back then. He was, but he wasn't like levels. But he wasn't was appreciated. Him. And that's the same with Skulls, which is why Skulls uh, for England no, 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 no. Hear me out, got hear me pushed out, yeah. to left mid. Skulls for England was, 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 playing, was being pushed to left mid because of uh, Lampard and Gerrard because Skulls wasn't as appreciated as you know um, the others were. Same way Carrick wasn't as well at the time. And we, we know that now. And, hear me out. And, I would have played, right? A three at the back. A three. I don't. I don't even know if, if three at the back formations were, were even popping back then. At that Len, Italy. Italy. Len Hoddle uh, played it in like '98, so it would have been around. I, I'd play a. I'd play a three-five-two. Yeah. Can't lie, backs. You might have to sit this one out. <laughs> or play wing back for minute. It's up to you. You might have to sit this one out. I'll play wing back. But Cole left wing back. Beckham right wing back. Then you'd have Skulls and Gerrard double pivots, and then. I would have played either, yeah, you could bring, I'd play either Hargreaves in the sitting role or even Ledley King in the sitting role when, you know, like how Ledley plays a DM sometimes for England when he was younger. See if he could reply as that role. Either way, either way, find someone that's, I know Hargreaves is more than that, but find someone that can dis- disturb and break up play and let him play in that holding role. And then Lampard can push further up and play behind Rooney or Owen, take a pick. And then the three at the back, Campbell. Ferdinand Terry so I don't know whatever it was to be either way I would have found a system that incorporated skulls in that England team because I really think I know you're going to disagree but I really think like the Gerard Lampard double pivot never worked because they both offered similar things but yeah and Lampard did it better yeah of course he did for England anyway but no, like, what do you mean for England? For the people that disagree, he definitely, Lampard definitely did it better for England. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, and yeah. club level, and club level. Too. Yeah, club level. So this is where I say, like, the argument, this is why I say, I think genuinely, right, genuinely, 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 Gerard gets shoehorned into this discussion. And it is... It, oh, I, I don't know. I don't the know reason why I say this, yeah, the reason why I say this is scores. Again, we're talking about the depth of specialists and, and whatever, and what bring people bring to the table. Skulls, unreal passing, vision, playmaking. He, he, he was just that guy. As a deep-line midfielder, he was that guy, untouchable, right? You, uh, you could talk about your characters, you could talk about these guys, but they couldn't do it to the level that Skulls did it, right? Lampard, Defensively, very underrated because he was he was a box to box midfielder, so he was he was very competent defensively, and could give you a bag of goals and assists. Everyone go and then people turn around to you. I said, "Well, the, well, he played in a midfield three, he did this, all right, cool." But when Gerard would play with Torres, when he played with Torres, he was playing as a second striker. That's why he was scoring goals. 
there's a difference between scoring goals as a second striker and as a midfielder, a la Deli Ali, a la, if you want to even say, I, I don't know who else you want to put in that conversation, but Deli Ali's probably, uh, Aaron Ramsey even, playing in the advanced role. Gerard, yes, all round was a good player, like he could offer a bit of everything, but offering a bit of everything doesn't put you in the same conversation that, as, as people that are elite at what they do. Like, genuinely the best of the best at what they do. There wasn't a better goal-scoring midfielder in the world than him. And arguably, at the time, was a better deep-line midfielders at the time. You could argue, I, I guess you got, like, Pelo and stuff in that conversation. But it's not like... It, like, what do you say? Well, Gerard is, the like, the best all-round midfielder. But how far does Yeah, that... but that's why... That's why, I, I, that's why... If I was to argue for Gerard, it would be just purely based on ability, for example. And that's why I say it depends on what you want. You know, if you want something... Because I feel like Gerard offensively, did it to, like, an elite level and attacking. He also did it at extents to elite levels. It's just that Lampard, for example, when it comes to attacking, did it at, um, you know, if if what Gerard did was elite at attacking, Lampard would be the 0.001% percentile, basically, or whatever the hell the uh, saying is. But, like... I don't know. I, I'm not saying. I'm not saying my argument is Gerard, but I would understand people that go for him. For example, I think Gerard also gets shoehorned in because he played for the worst team. Uh, team yeah, it's the, the underdog story. Yeah, but he again, like we said earlier, Gerard has moments in it. That's what it is as well. Like, let's not forget, Gerard has moments. So, but and it, when you do have moments, people will elevate you as well and I'm not saying and when I say he gets shoe warmed in it's not to say like he's like the shit on the bottom of their shoes it's just to say like we're talking elite specialists like Gerard is uh, Gerard, you want to say jack of all trades basically yeah he's up there but he's like he's just like if someone asks you what is the defining fa- like the defining factor here that you would bring Gerard in for and it's just like, well, yeah, he'll help out with a bit of everything. Whereas you know where, okay, Lampard, we're bringing, I'm getting 15 to 20 goals every year. Um, uh, and and a great number of assists. Like, we forget how many assists he's got. And you, and with Skulls, you're getting elite level playmaking from a, a deeper part of the pitch. Like, outside of that, I don't know how we can argue for Gerrard to be... In there, but I guess that was even your statement, Tony. That was the, you said you're picking him out of the three, but yeah, yeah, yeah. What were your other? T- what was your other two? I saw you had um, oh, big fire oh. ones. I remember, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like to do C. I think the Centurions are overrated. Um, I don't think the team was that great. I think uh, you know how I've I've believed that the current state of football is has worsened. So therefore, I can't give him those flowers. Um, there's, there's only, you know, like in the all-time team, there's only three teams in the argument. I'm not having Invincibles. Sorry. No, but I say, no, no, no. Invincibles is third, yeah. But third for achievement in that season. But the reason, and, and it's an elite, it's just, and they went 50 games unbeaten or whatever it was, 49 games. Fair enough, right? But United from 07 to 09. And Chelsea from 04 to 06. They're the two yeah, best yeah. teams to ever play in the Premier League. In reverse order, that's probably the correct order. 
Arsenal. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. I said these two are the two. No, I mean, like, you got the the order spot on in reverse. Arsenal third, Man United three, Pete second, and then Chelsea's Jose Mourinho team top, I'd say. So Guardiola's team, or of like the sort of back to backs and whatnot, you put these guys, like the, what is it, 198 points over two seats, you put that fourth, basically. I'm assuming. Um, I, 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 I think I'm really biased against this team because I was even thinking fifth because I was willing to. I was, put, like, I was, I was putting late nineties, early two thousands United back in there. I was putting well. treble. I was putting the United treble fourth, then City's fifth. But no, I was, uh, yeah, because we've so the way I like to do it, just to do it quickly, is I don't like putting. Because Arsenal's an exception because what they've done's never been done in it, and when it gets done again then I could probably rejig it and make it like, oh, it's been done before, it'll be done again. But it's, for me, I look at it and go, well, it has to be, when I talk about a team, I'm talking about a period of time. So, because that team will usually last, like you don't just, the team doesn't come in for that one season and leave again. It's about sustained dominance. So when I talk about, even United, when you say 99, when I say 99, I'm talking 99 to, I think it's, is it 99? I think it's 99, 2000, 2001, they might have repeated. Or was it yeah. one to three? One of the, but yeah, they were winning two to three league titles back to back. So they were dominant in their era. Chelsea won that back to back dominantly. Uh, but so did Pep, but 198 well, points well, in two seasons. The caveat with that is the state of the Premier League when they did that back to back with all those points. It's just not what I'm agreeing with. I hate the Premier League over the last few years because for some I, I I understand teams will run away with stuff, right? But Chelsea Chelsea won the league the season before that with 90 points. 93 points. Was it 93? Was it was so 95 was a Mourinho did it. No, 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 no. I'm saying 95. I'm saying Conte under Conte. Conte. They won 30 games. Oh, yeah, yeah. Most wins. Points, yeah, yeah. Like then City won it with hundred points. And then City won it again with 98 points. I'm saying, bro, we're in an era of just winning the league. Like, I think the barometer just went up to this is what you, it takes to win the league. Because, Whereas, of how, because of how good City were. Yeah, but it's just, I don't know. So stop asking me. I don't know. I'm not, the thing is, I'm not, do you know what it is? I'm not even arguing for City. I'm just providing like a, oh, oh. a sort of balanced argument. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Because I would understand. Um, why people would put City, for example, top three or third place. Let's be more specific. They're definitely not top two. I don't understand why they'd put them in third place, for example. Um, controversially, I'd understand that over the Invincibles, you know, they're, they're all good for their... Che- like, each different era of teams, for example, all had their own sort of individual uh, sort of achievement that seems... Like unbelievably difficult to repeat. Like United's team did not only the three peak but the treble, and that was um, both. I think ninety nine and oh eighteen. They did both the three peak and the treble. Like within that same sort of spell, you know. You look at the Arsenal team being invincible in a season. You look at Chelsea, the amount of goals conceded that we did. You know, we only lost one game, which was a very dodgy penalty to Man City, and then the number of points that we got ninety five points over that season as well. And that whole era was like. Amazing. It's not even just, and, it's and not say, even just the points. Saying. It's the dominance you had over the other big teams. You smoked my United at, at, at Stamford Bridge. You slapped Arsenal. Liverpool, like, do you know what I mean? You guys were a class act yeah. above your opponents. Whereas, like, Arsenal, 
I remember Arsenal, was it Fulham? Arsenal came very close to losing three games in that in that invincible run-up. Um, that was to Man United, for example. If, if Ruben Nistor scored his penalty, invincibles would have never have happened. Um, and I think there's one game against Fulham, or I want to say Blackburn or something. They went 2-0 down, and they ended up winning 4-2. That was a sweat box. Whereas you guys never ever, apart from the loss to City, which was unfortunate... You Only. never. That's the difference. Like losing, you'd never that, look like losing. <laughs> but that's but that's the difference. That Vanessa yeah. missed penalty and Anelka scored a dodgy penalty is the yeah. difference between these awards. And that's why yeah. people, let's say, put Arsenal's achievement, which is great, like an invincible season. But if you're telling me like, oh, but um, the standard of the Premier League, for example, City got 100 points, and not long ago Chelsea got 93. Yeah, but Arsenal got an invincible season. And then the year after, Chelsea basically did an invincible season. So the standard, you could also argue, was fairly similar in, a, in, a, in that sense. Because yeah, even, 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 even Chelsea's 15 goals conceded, only six were open playing. They were all bangers, like worldies. You know like, you need... Though? Yeah, go on. Do you know about this thing? The reason why I, I actually... I put respect on it, but why I actually didn't want to even put them there is... I'll be, I'll be, I'll be honest. Winning a league title with twelve draws is a disgrace. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. I'll be so honest. Because <laughs> if you look at it, yeah, uh, that season Chelsea could have won the league, but they kind of capitulated. But bro, winning the like that's unthinkable. I don't think. I I want to check the tapes. I don't want to say uh, but at least since then, I don't think anyone's even won the league with double figure draws. Yeah, uh, my United my United in ten eleven, I think we got twelve because we went unbeaten all the way to January and then late January or early February and lost to Wolves, and at that point we had drew eight games, I think we finished on like eleven draws. I can't remember. Let me double check. Yeah, eleven. But, yeah, it was eleven. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm sure, yeah. But even then, you wouldn't say like that. United team is the strongest team to ever win the, the Premier League. I just think, I don't know what it is. That, and I'm not saying that, obviously not losing is great. Like Obviously, everyone hates losing, but dominance is in wins. So I will take a team that's won 29 to 30, uh, or 28 to 30 plus games in a season than a team that wins 20-something and draws double figures. Like Because that says to me, there was a lot of occasions where you either gave up leads and couldn't win, or went behind and had to scrape back into a game. And to me, that doesn't signify dominance. Well, what's, what, what is it? What do you guys think? For everyone out there that's just listened to us ramble for the last hour, what do you guys think? Let us know your thoughts on the conversation of, you know, the strongest Premier League team, the conversation of whether Bale failed at, flopped at Real Madrid, the conversation whether Ibrahimovic is a top 10 21st century striker. Uh, the conversation on, I've forgotten what Corral said. I want to say, what does Corral say again? Henri. Henri, that's it. The conversation on Henri and the conversation of who's the best in regards out, well, out of Skulls, Gerard Lampard. I know there's a lot of football fans out there tired of that conversation. And but, Javi um, Iniesta as well. And Javi Iniesta as well. I don't want to hear anything about Ferdinand being better than Vidic. You are wrong. The fact is Vidic is better than Ferdinand. So that's it. Um, I want to say thank you to both of you as well for joining us today for this episode, especially to our new signing, Omar. Let us know what Omar did. I know it's not the first time he's been here, but let us know what he's done. He's officially a member of Waller's Corner. Uh, make sure to follow him up on 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 Twitter as well. If you shout out that your at as well, just so they know you. It is DZ Hajj Omar. Yeah, complicated, isn't it? But 
<laughs> but yeah, let's see how you did. It, it'll be, it's going to be fun um, hearing your voice on more podcasts as well. And, you know, you guys, you, you're giving us different insight as well. We never would have thought of the Iniesta angle, uh, as our Iniesta angle. So that's exactly why we tried to, we brought you on here. Um, when ballers call a knock, yeah. <laughs> it's a different knock. <laughs> it's a different knock. So there you are. That's our first part of 2023. Please stay uh, tuned in. We have a lot more coming for you as well. Uh, we have new technologies added as well, just so you can be more frequent um, with, the, with the releases as well. We'll get more podcasts to your ear. And stay tuned as well, because our social media platforms are finally going to start kicking into gear. There'll be more content on Twitter, Twitter, TikTok, and potentially Instagram as well. So from now until then, uh, thank you. And progression of football is not linear. We'll see you next time. Yo, free up the gang, they're innocent. Soon home, that's imminent. I'm a niggas don't play no games like they pull their ligaments. I wanna wreck for the beat, I just made that's a minimum. You know the source is different. I wanna wreck for the beat, I just made that's a minimum. You know the source is different. Fake use, get rid of them. Fake use, get rid. Fake use, get rid of them. Fake use, get rid. Fake use, get rid of them. Fake use, get rid. Fake use, get rid.